buying earlier in the cycle is a good thing. Even if the interest rates are a little high right now, if you can make the prop, if you can make all of this stuff work, including cash flow, then you're on the right track because you bought at a lower price. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast. Your high-octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, Ron Phillips, because somebody's got to tell it like it is. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Get Real Podcast. Ron Phillips, Heather Marchant here. Yes. Another day, another incredible show. You're going to want to stay tuned. This one's really good. I mean, it's really good. It's about real estate. Why now? Mm -hmm. I just heard from somebody on Facebook the other day, how they were trying to figure out if they should invest in real estate. There were so many different opinions about this. Today, we're going to talk about that and you're going to know exactly what to do as soon as we get off. Yeah. I think it's a lot of fear that making a decision based on fear versus making an informed decision. I think it makes a difference. That and people just say, well, I'll just wait to decide. No, you just decided. (laughs) Yeah. So literally, that means you just decided no. That's what that means. So just be honest with yourself. And it's okay if you don't want to do that. If you don't want to invest in real estate, it's not for everybody. But at least let's be honest. Yeah. If we say that, that means no. Yeah. That's a really good point because everyone assumes if I say I'm waiting, it means that you're still going to eventually move forward. So it's not saying no, but you really are. You're saying no right now. Really saying no. And you're saying no to something that we've talked about this in the past, but there is literally no other investment that provides the same unique qualities as real estate. There simply isn't one. I mean, what other asset that has all of these? It may have one, maybe two, but it doesn't have all of these. Mm -hmm. Real estate's the only one that has all of these, Heather. First one is that you own it, you own 100% of it, and you personally have the ability to affect its value. So number one, you own all of it. Number two, you personally have the ability to affect its value. I don't know any other. Yeah, you can't make your stock go up. No, I can't make gold go up. You can't do anything. Those are all affected just by the market. There's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. Then it provides a high dividend. It has solid potential for growth. So you get the dividend or the yield, and you also get the appreciation or the growth. You can purchase it on payments over time. You can do that on fixed payments, right? So that you don't have to chase the payments around. Someone else literally will pay the thing off for you. So you don't even have to buy all of it. You can buy 25% of it and someone else will buy the other 75% of it for you. It's literally never worth zero. It's not ever going to go to zero. Ever. And you can also insure it against downside loss, both yield loss and appreciation loss, and just straight up loss of the asset itself. It has massive tax benefits and you can buy an independent evaluation to make sure you're not overpaying for it. Yeah, called an appraisal. Come on, people. There is nothing like it. If you found something that's even close, send us an email, invest at rpcinvest.com. I want to know about it. Well, I know we've said that before. I've never received an email about this. <laughs> never received an email. Yep. I watch for that one. So I think a lot of people, when there's fear in this and they say, wait, they're assuming that they can time the cycle. And we've talked about that lots of times, Ron. Being able to time the cycle is impossible. It's a fool's errand. Even the experts, yes. It's a fool's errand. The experts are constantly wrong. Mm -hmm. Even the people who are in it all the time don't know. The people who are really investing, they'll be honest and they'll just say, I literally don't know. How many times have we said that on the show to you guys? Yeah. We tell you all the time, we don't really know. We're giving it our best shot. Yeah. 
And so what do you do? Yeah. To be able to try to time something that's impossible to time and being afraid of losing because you don't know where we're at in the cycle. And we've been teaching this and talking about this forever to our clients and on this podcast that you can be successful in any market, any market. Yep. Doesn't make any difference if it's going up or going down or going sideways. It doesn't make any difference. If you just follow the rules, you'll be fine. Yeah. And you know, right now, the government tells us that inflation is under control. I don't think it's under control. I think you know that it's not under control because you go to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. You know that your groceries cost more money. Gas costs more money. Insurance costs more money. Everything costs more money. Houses still cost more money. Everybody's waiting for them to come down. They still cost more money. And they're projected to increase this year, not decrease this year. Not by much, but still increase, right? And even if they leveled out flat, they're still more expensive. Yep. And that's what we're seeing with all of our inventory. Yeah. Yeah. So inflation kills, it destroys cash. So sitting on hordes of cash, I mean, liquidity is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to ever say that liquidity is a horrible thing. You should put all of your cash into some kind of an investment. But having hordes of cash sitting around is also not great because inflation eats it. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we just did a webinar, when, what was that, like about a month or so ago, where we talked about using whole life insurance and that infinite banking approach. Right. Have your cash earn a little more as you're having that rainy day fund. That's where I keep my rainy day fund. And every time I go to get approved for financing for a property, the lender's always like, so where's your down payment? <laughs> because I don't keep it in checking because it kills my cash. Yeah. Going down in value, not up. So yeah, and that's a great place to keep. If you're going to keep cash, that's a great place to keep it. So if you'd missed that episode, go back and listen to it. It was a really good episode. Yeah, that's true. We can link to it in the show notes. The other reason that you can't time this is that even if you know that the market has started to go the opposite direction, start to go down, you don't know when the bottom is until it hits the bottom and comes back up. So you can't time it exactly. Yep. If you're going to time it, you can only time it in the interim, I guess. And so you're most assuredly going to miss the bottom unless you luck into it. And you're probably going to miss the top unless you luck into it. Well, if we think about 2008, when I talk to clients, they'll say, man, if I could have bought property back in 2008, right? Because that's when you think that's when everything happened with the stock market. And so they assume that was the bottom of the real estate market. And the real estate market didn't hit bottom until like the end, the fourth quarter of 2012, mm -hmm. four years later. And so if you have that in your mind, if someone thought the bottom was 2008 or even 2009, they would have seen a decrease in their property values for three straight years. Yep. On average, of course. Yep. But still, even when you're trying to time it. And same thing with the top. I think everybody on here knows I sold quite a bit of my property a couple of years ago. I mean, people offered me stupid money for them, so I sold. But was that the top? Yeah, true. No. It was not the top. Yeah. It was not the top. There was another year and a half to two years. And depending on what happens with this year, it could be three years of appreciation that I lost on by selling those properties. I'm not sorry that I did, but I wasn't trying to time the market. I was just taking advantage. If so, here's the thing. If you're consistently investing over time to take the spread that we're talking about, if you invested in 2008, which would have been the wrong time, but if you did... And it's cash flowing, then you just hold on to it, right? And then the market's going to come back and eventually you're going to make money on the upswing, but you're also going to make money on the yield or the cash flow the whole time. 
right? Mm -hmm. And then if you bought in 2012 and you bought in 2016 and you bought in 2018 and then 20, and then you just kept buying all along, some of those properties that you bought in 2012, you would have exactly timed the bottom of the market, but you didn't know you were just investing. Mm -hmm. And then some of those properties, you're going to go, man, I should reposition because of my return on equity, which we've talked about on the show before. But just because my return on equity has become so low because of all of the equity that I gained, now it's time for me to reposition. Yeah. And if you do that a few different times, you might actually time the market exactly perfect on the top too. But it's not because you're so good at it. It's just because you lucked into it by continuing to invest. And that's where some of those home runs come from that people talk about. But most of the time, people don't hit home runs if they're trying to time the market. Just like most of the time, day traders don't hit a home run. Yeah. It's an accident when they do. They're not hitting home runs all the time. And you know that if you're out there listening and you're a stock trader, you know that's true. It's basically gambling with a little bit of extra guesswork on it. Then you do a little bit of an educated guess. But who knows whether or not you're going to hit a home run. Sometimes you do and sometimes you lose. Sometimes you strike out, right? Yeah, yeah. That's a good call because being consistent means you're either going to do well or really well because you can invest in any market. And so when you hit the home runs, it's because you didn't stop. I love that. Imagine being a pro sports team. Take your pick, right? I'm going to choose football because I'm a Chiefs fan and this is a building year. But let's just say that during this building year, the Chiefs just decided to say, yeah, you know what? We're going to sit out. Yeah. We're going to sit out this year and we're just going to see what happens next year. So we'll just sit it out. We'll see what happens next year. And if we do that enough times, we'll probably make it so that the right year when we're going to hit the Super Bowl and win, that's the year we're going to play. That's the year. We're going to play that year. But we're just not going to play any of the other years. These years we're going to lose? Why would we even play? Yeah. Let's just play on the years when we're going to win the Super Bowl. That's about as smart as trying to time the market. Yeah. It's a good point. Be really hilarious. And they'd be really deconditioned. Now, it would be okay if like Sky Moore did that. For all of you who don't know, he can't catch. So let him take a break. Not to get lost on the fact that the Chiefs have no receiving unit this year, but. I mean, if they could just keep the receivers that can't catch out of the game, that would be fantastic. Like maybe bench those guys (laughs) and only maybe put them in on the years when we're going to win the Super Bowl and they're going to be able to catch. If they could figure that out, that'd be great. Yeah, that's hilarious. I don't think that has anything to do with the investing thing we just talked about. But Coach Reed, if you're listening, please, for the love of all that is holy, keep those guys out of the game. I think this actually works with the analogy in some aspects because... You have different components of investing, right? Your criteria and sticking to the criteria would mean you're only putting people in that are going to make a win, right? Not necessarily a home run, but you have your rules of investing, your criteria that we use internally, looking at job growth, affordability, location, like to say, continue to invest, but just go AWOL and not invest with the right criteria. Listen, I think that's what the Chiefs were doing this year. You know, I think they just kept putting them in there thinking, well, maybe they're going to catch at some point. Maybe they're going to get this. I mean, they're in the NFL. At some point in their career, they caught the ball. Maybe they'll figure out how to do it again. And they just kept putting them in there. But in investing, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Also in football, bad idea. So Andy, if you're listening again, please (laughs) keep them out of the game. (laughs) Please. 
Just send them back down. In hockey, they just send them down to the other league. Oh, yeah. The minor leagues. Yeah. We just just send those guys. There's no trade value for those guys now. It's like Mm -hmm. a house that burnt down. There's no trade value for the house that burnt down. You're only going to get value for the lot. It's kind of like that. Maybe just get rid of them and cut your losses. Yeah. But certainly don't put them on the field. Bad plan. Yep. So I think let's go over that criteria. I talked about a couple of them. So job growth. The criteria for wide receivers. (gasps) They can catch. They have to be able to catch the ball. (laughs) And they also have to be able to run route. Run. I was going to say run. And get open. Yeah. So those three things are pretty critical. Yes. I'm so glad that we could stick with this analogy, though, even still. So job growth, affordability, location, legislation is one that's often overlooked that the government legislation is pro landlords and not pro tenant. Um, They're landlord friendly is another word phrase that we use. It's only overlooked by those who have never experienced a landlord unfriendly place. Yeah. Who are we talking to the other day? Oh, it was our HR people. Oh, yeah. They were like, yeah, so, you know, as long as you're not in like New York or New Jersey and we're like, yeah, this, no. 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 Same with investments. Same with investments. Yeah. Exactly. And then property management, having solid property management in place, cash flow. Like these are the qualifications for your wide receiver in real estate. There you go. Have making sure that you're going to be cash flow positive. And so if you're sticking to those rules and maybe you're not getting a home run, like switching sports all over the place, but you're getting a base hit, right? This is very confusing now. (laughs) I don't know how to save our sports analogy today. I gave it my best shot. I don't know how to save it. I really don't. But anyway. It's all right. I think people are following. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Oh, 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 I got it. There was this guy named Bo Jackson and he played baseball and football, I think. Pretty sure. The Michael Jordan of basketball. Well, uh, he wasn't. Just throwing another sport in there. He wasn't like fantastic at either one. That's the problem. See, that's where this goes off the rails oh. immediately. Okay. Sorry. Never mind. It was good. Never mind. But these are really, really important. And it's these are the things that will keep you in the game long term because they're the things that will make it so that you win, that you actually Mm -hmm. move the football down the field, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) And the other point that we haven't even talked about is that rents Mm -hmm. will track with inflation over time, right? So they may take a minute to catch up for a second because our inflation has gone up so fast that, I mean, you have a 12 month lease, so you can't just every month bring up your rent like they are bringing up our fuel prices. That's the other thing. Look, I keep talking to my friends in the real estate game about pricing and what is going to happen here because we have some problems in the real estate market. And one of the main ones is affordability, affordability of rent and affordability of payment. I am not of the opinion that the interest rates are going to continue to go down and down and down. We're going to be back at three and a half percent and all of that. I don't think that's going to happen because that'll make inflation go out of control and they don't want that to happen. So what does that mean? It means that prices are probably going to stay relatively high. They may continue to track north, but I don't think they're going to fall off a cliff like a whole bunch of people think they're going to. And if they don't fall off a cliff, we have an affordability problem. We have an affordability gap. So buying earlier in the cycle is a good thing. Even if the interest rates are a little high right now, if you can make the prop, if you can make all of this stuff work, including cash flow, then you're on the right track because you've bought at a lower price and it's more affordable. It's more affordable for rent for the people who you can lease your property to. 
and it's more affordable for payment because as these things continue to go up with inflation, things are just going to get more and more expensive and it's going to be more and more difficult for the average person out there to pay what it costs for these things because the bits and pieces of a house are not getting less expensive. Everything is getting more expensive all the time. And if you consider since 2008, rents have risen over 48% nationwide already. Staggering. And almost nobody's income has gone up that like that. Yeah, true. Well, except for I did hear that Disney's CEO his did, in spite of the fact that they lost a whole bunch of money this year. So, Oh, that's interesting. So that's good. But they did fire 7,000 people. So you can save a lot of money when you do that. Yeah, that's newsworthy. The other stat that I think is really interesting to note is that the only time rents have gone down in recorded history is in the 1920s and 30s. I mean... Crazy. In recorded history, friends. That's So all of these reasons point to real estate being a good thing and now being a good time, especially since interest rates actually have come down a little bit. Not crazy, but they've come down a little bit. It does make things a lot easier to cash flow. So Mm -hmm. if you stick with these rules and you continually invest just over time, continually invest in properties, you will find that your wealth grows. It's almost, it kind of feels like it's overnight, even though that's not how it works. But just one day you're going to be like, oh my gosh, all these properties appreciated this much. And the whole time I've been not really paying taxes and I've been having all the cash flow and somebody else has been paying off my property the whole time. It's insane when you stack all of those things up, what actually happens. Yeah. The law of compounded interest, that thing works all the time. It's always working. And if you can stack four different means of compounded interest on top of each other, it's staggering what happens. Yeah. My takeaway from this conversation today is that there's cost within action. It costs you. For sure. In everything, if we want to just like step out of investing for just a second, the cost of inaction mm-hmm. is huge in everything. Put it into health. If you started the year and you were going to get your health moving and you keep saying, yeah, I'm going to start on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. Uh, why not start today? Yeah. I mean, what's keeping you from doing it today? I can tell you that the inaction is hurting your health. It's true. For anybody who says, hey, I want my family life to be better. Same thing. If you want your family life to be better, you got to hang out with your family. You got to spend quality time with your family. So if you're not doing that, well, inaction is hurting your family life and you don't get any of that time back. Yeah. You don't get the opportunity to go back and fix the damage that you did to your health. You don't get the opportunity to go back and fix the things that you did or omitted doing for your family. You don't get to do that because you don't get to do time over again. It's not how it works. Yeah. Inaction is a big deal. And you can't win if you don't play the game. Like you said, (laughs) sitting your team out for the whole year gives you zero chances of winning. I love it. This is like, it's all sports. Should I get my football out? I got my football. You should. Oh, it's right behind you. I see it. Yeah. I got my Chief Super Bowl football over there and um, I could get it out on our sports show. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So inaction is bad, folks. It's really not good. So whether you decide real estate is your game, you've got to do something. Doing nothing means you're just going backwards 
So you just buy and wait, buy and wait it out. So good. I know for a fact that I don't know how many thousands of people we know that have done incredibly well in real estate. I know very few people who have not done well. And the people who have not done well, they just simply didn't follow the rules. Yeah. This is not that complicated. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. We were just talking the other day, Heather, about people saying like, there's so many different sources of information. And one of the biggest misconceptions in real estate is that you have to buy in your own backyard. And sometimes all these rules don't work in your backyard. Yeah, it's true. And that's when it makes sense. One of the really cool things about real estate is you can hire a professional property manager anywhere across the country in a place where all these rules actually work. So there's no excuse really not to be doing something. So until next time, get out there and make something happen. This has been the Get Real Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes, go to getrealestatesuccess.com.